0: Good morning, church. Good morning. We, we meet together in worship to glorify God, don't we? But we're also told we meet together to encourage one another. And you need to meet on a regular basis with other Christians to get that encouragement you need for your daily walk, your daily life. And I like to have sermons that encourage us in that daily walk of faith. And today our topic is, say it like you mean it. We're going to talk about that today. Now, you're going to help me in an exercise for just a couple of minutes. For those of you who'd like to participate, you just have to stay where you're at. But I'm going to ask you certain questions, and I want you to respond back to me saying it like you mean it. All right? Say it with boldness and confidence and as loud as you can. Say it like you mean it. What is your favorite college football team? Say it like you mean it. (laughs) <laughs> what is what is your favorite brand, Coke or Pepsi? There's always a rebel in every crowd. Say it like you mean it. Where do you shop, Target or Walmart? say it like you mean it home depot or lowes <laughs> you said it like you meant it did you know that throughout scriptures we're encouraged to speak it to confess our faith and hope in god to say it like we mean it to say it like we mean it in matthew 10 jesus instructs his disciples about the commission he's sending them on And he tells them, in preface to the verse we're looking at here, that some of them will be like sheep among the wolves. Some will be beaten and arrested and betrayed by their own family. But he tells them, don't be afraid. And the reason why they go through those things is to simply to keep them from speaking up, speaking about their faith. And so what Jesus says is that when you face these things, I want you to say it like you mean it, that you belong to me. And if you will say it like you mean it, I will do the same for you in heaven. Faith in your heart, faith in your mind is vital to do the will of God. Hope in your heart and hope in your mind is is so necessary. But God wants us to speak it out, to speak those words of faith and those words of hope, to say it like you mean it as those disciples had tough times when they went through their ministry you're gonna have tough times but in those tough times you speak words of faith you say it like you mean it and Jesus says I will honor you for it in John chapter 12 he gives an example of people who believed but did not speak Uh, there are groups of people who believed in Jesus but they did not speak out their faith they did not say it like they meant it because They were afraid of losing their position. They were afraid of what their friends might think. Uh, They were afraid of being ostracized and thrown out of the synagogue. And the result was, Jesus says here that they were seeking human approval, that they loved human approval more than they loved the approval of man. And I think this is very important here, especially the first part, that you may believe something deeply in your heart and you may even think it the hope that you have in your mind. But for some reason, you're not speaking that. You're not declaring those words of faith, those words of hope that are within you. And you wonder why, even without that belief in your heart and that hope in your, in your mind, that things are not happening. That things are not happening. Let, let me ask you, are you speaking those words of faith and hope to others so that they can hear it? Are you declaring that and saying it like you mean it? Or are you just keeping those things to yourself? I believe that words, saying what you mean, faith and hope words, is what brings life to your faith. Joshua was in this battle, and he's against the Amorites. The Amorites is a very vicious enemy. And Joshua, through the power of God and through some miracles of God, is experiencing victory over uh, the Amorites. The victory's going well. Joshua stands before. The presence of the Lord, it says, and before all of Israel, and speaks these words, sun stand still over Gibeon, moon you stay in the valley right where you are. He spoke those words of faith. And you know what the Bible says? That God heard the words of Joshua. And he listened to Joshua, and the sun stood still over Gibeon, and the moon where it was at in the west for nearly another full day. That's a miracle, isn't it? said it never happened like that before, and it's never happened like that again. Here Joshua was willing to put his faith into action, his hope into action, and he declared those words before God and before others said, stand still, son, stay where you are, moon, and it happened. I think about that, and I think, "Will you say and live it and say it like you mean it, and declare your faith and your hope over your children, over your family, over your marriage, over your grandchildren. Will you declare before the presence of the Lord and before everyone else that that will of God over your friendships and over this congregation and over your work and over your circumstances? Joshua said it like he meant it and God honored that. And when you do that, God will do the very same thing for you. He will honor you because of your words of faith and hope. But you've got to say it like you mean it. Amen? There's this beautiful word in the Bible that is the word confession. Now, when we think about confession, we often think about confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, and we all do that, need to do that. We also think about confessing our sins before God, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins, and we need to do that. But the word confession also means the word to agree, to be in agreement with. And it's in this particular tense that's in the Bible to keep on confessing, to keep on agreeing with the will of God, to be in agreement with God. And we're to speak that out. In Psalm 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. It doesn't say let the redeemed of the Lord think about it or meditate upon it, but let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say Say so. Are you redeemed? Then say it. Jesus' sacrifice accomplished a complete redemption for you. And this happened on the cross. And you can live with the confidence when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior that you are redeemed from your sins And you need to say it like you mean it. Now, you got to receive it. It just doesn't happen. You must receive Jesus Christ as Lord. But here's the good news. He has forgiven you. He doesn't expect you now to go around the rest of your life feeling guilty and trying to find some way to make it up to God, some work you can do or something you can do to kind of even it up. God says, no, I have redeemed you, and what I want you to do is say so and to live under that grace and that truth, the price has already been paid. Don't walk around condemned. Don't walk around guilty. Walk around saying, I am redeemed. <clears throat> and say that the price has already been paid. When Peter was given a sermon, he said that when you're baptized into Jesus Christ, your sins, you're baptized for the remission of your sins. They're not only forgiven, that's the word remission. You know what remission means? To send them away. You're not just forgiven, but for the remission of sins. Washed away. Sent away. Past, present, future sins. Where do they go? On the cross of Jesus Christ. So that you, as the redeemed of the Lord, can say so and say it like you mean it. Now there's a very powerful verse in Proverbs. In Proverbs 18:21, look at the power of that verse. It's powerful, isn't it? What you consistently verbalize, your life is moving toward. Your subconscious is affected by verbal repetition. And what you are speaking Your life is heading in that direction at a fast pace. What you're declaring, what you're speaking, those words can kill or give life. They're either being fruitful or they're poisoning and they're toxic to people like yourself and those around you. What are you speaking and confessing over your life? What words are you saying? Are they poisonous, poisonous words or fruit about your marriage? About your job? About your health? About your friendships? About your children? About your goals? About your dreams? About this congregation? Your life always, without exception, moves in the direction of what you say. Don't take my word for it. This is God saying this. Beautiful proverb. Proverbs 91 verse 2 says, we need to say it like we mean it. I will say of the Lord, there it is again, not think it or meditate on it. I will say it like I mean it. The Lord, he is my what? He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. It's so easy, isn't it, to fall into the pattern of telling everyone about our anger and our conflicts and our depression and our desires and our displeasures and our problems and our struggles and our troubles and our wants and our weaknesses. And we're, we're so easy to talk about those things over and over and over again. And what the psalm says is, say it like you mean it. The Lord is my refuge. He is my fortress in whom I trust. He's my deliverer. He's my provider. He's my help. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my provider. He is my restore. He is my my savior. Confess. Speak what you mean about God, that your faith in God gives, gives your life the right direction. It brings fruit to your life. But when you're declaring everything about your troubles over and over and over again, you are bringing poison into your life. Does that make sense? Yes. And it does. Have you ever noticed the more you talk about your troubles, the more troubles you have? Of course, this must be rooted in faith, doesn't it? A positive mental attitude can get you so far. This is not positive mental attitude. Positive mental attitude that's not rooted in anything is just a positive mental attitude. You'll feel better. You'll have a better attitude as you're going down, all right? But it's not going to solve anything. And it's simply not a good positive mental attitude about having a belief in yourself or just having a belief. The belief must be in God, must be in God. So Paul encourages the Corinthians in the fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians. And he goes back to the life of David, and he quotes from Psalm 116. David is going through a rough rough patch. People are trying to kill him. He's fearful that he's gonna die and in the midst of that you know what he did? It says I spoke because I believed. As I'm facing death truly Lord I am your servant I believe you'll deliver me is what he says in Psalm 116. He spoke because he believed and Paul says that same spirit that David had We must have today as well. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is your fortress and your refuge? Do you believe that God is your healer, your provider, your peace, your restorer, your savior? Believe it and then speak it. I believe it and I speak it. And so when you're discouraged or disappointed or experiencing a bad break or a broken heart, say it like you mean it. I am your servant, God. I believe I declare that you will help me. I believe, therefore I speak it. Therefore I will say it like I mean it. Amen? This is what he tells us to do. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say it like you mean it. Let those who believe in God speak it like you mean it. And then in Hebrews 23, it talks about our hope. It says, here's how you're supposed to speak about your hope. In Hebrews 10, 23. Hold on to the hope that you have by doing what? See it? telling others about it, telling others about your hope, saying it like you mean it. I'm getting through this because my hope is in God in whom I trust. Though I may be outwardly wasting away, inwardly day by day I'm being renewed because my hope is in the God in whom I trust his promises. Though I've experienced this major setback, I will not continue to look back, but I will continue to move forward because my hope is in the God in whom I trust in his promises. And you say it like you mean it, and God will honor you for that. See that? Hear that? Speak it. Declare it. Speak it and declare it. Jude was the brother of Jesus, and he's writing to a group, one little chapter, that's struggling with their hope, stumbling in disbelief, They're living in a culture where they're surrounded by ungodliness, where there are grumblers and fault finders all around them and it's eroding their hope and their faith. They're living in a place where it seems like sin is rewarded, boastfulness is successful, and false flattery is working. And Jews says, here's what you must do. Here's how you overcome that. You must build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keeping yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. You know what you have to do? You gotta build yourself up. How do you build yourself up in faith? How does faith come? Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. Listening to the word of God. You build yourself up in the Word. You see what the Word says, you declare the Word of God, the promises of God. You gotta pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Spirit to transform you, to give you wisdom, to give you strength, to give you guidance, to lead you into all truth. You pray, you pray, you pray. You remember God's love. You remember God's love. But you, you must build yourself up. If you spent just a little bit of the time you worry and complain about life and you would pour that into studying God's Word and praying to God, do you think your life would change significantly in the next 60 days? If you spend all that time, you're talking to somebody else or trying to just complain about something, and yet you put that in, pour that into God's Word and build yourself up in His Word and build up your faith and build up your hope, do you think your life would be different six months from now? Absolutely. It's there. But notice, you have to build it up. You must do this. You must encourage yourself. The most important conversation you'll have, ever have next to God is to yourself. And you pour that Word into your life. And you pray and you pray and you pray and you remember God's love. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He wants you to say that you've been redeemed. He wants you to believe and therefore speak it. He wants you to have a hope that you declare to others without others without hesitating. And you build yourself up in that love and you speak those words of faith and hope. Because here's what we're facing. Again from Proverbs. Proverbs 6.2. See it? This is what we're dealing with. This is what all of us experience from time to time in our life. What words are you declaring over your life? Are they setting a trap for you? Are they ensnaring you? Are you telling others, I don't think it's gonna work out? I'm not sure if it's worth it anymore. I don't feel valued. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel good. I don't feel like trying. I'm ready to give up. What traps are you setting that are ensnaring your life? And see, so often people speak those words I've just said more than speaking words of faith and hope. How do you speak to your kids? What words are you speaking to your kids? I've Talked to many teachers. My wife's a teacher included the verbal abuse that so many children experience in Christian and non-Christian homes. The scars of so many people in this congregation because of the verbal words that parents told them over and over again. How do you speak to your You're a troublemaker. You're always up to no good. You know your brother's my favorite child. Why can't you be like your sister? Why, do you quit? Why don't you just quit asking me all those questions? Quit bothering me. Constantly yelling at them, putting them down. Listen, your words are a trap and you're ensnaring your kids to have a poor self-image and scars that will stay with them until they die. That record playing over and over again, over and over again, right? Children, children are trapped and ensnared by our actions and by our words. Uh, My youngest grandson, Jake, and his brother, Clayton, went with um, his dad and mom, Sarah, and Ben to Florida last week on fall break. And they went to visit their Uncle John. And Uncle John planned a really fun trip to a farm to enjoy all the animals, you know, to pet the horses, feed the horses, and all the animals that are there. And so the farmer's taking Jake. And Clayton and Sarah and Ben to the kitchen to the chicken coop. And as the farmers walk into the chicken coop, a chicken runs up and pecks the farmer on the ankle. And the ankle and and the farmer lets out a yell and kicks the chicken. So when Jake gets into the chicken coop, my two-year-old grandson, he's running all around trying to kick as many chickens as he can. (laughs) Now. It's going to take a lot of repetition, taking them around animals for a while, little chickens before he quits trying to kick them. Why? Because a person authority had showed him something out of anger, which he now tried to duplicate and couldn't figure out why it was wrong. Right? Listen, when we tell our kids, you can't do that, you can't be that. When we tell ourselves that you've set a trap, you've snared yourself. It's bad enough that you set traps for your own self. It's bad enough that you're ensnaring your own self. But it's really bad when you're ensnaring your kids and grandkids with your poisonous words. I love what Joel says. In the book of Joel, they're facing a tremendous enemy that's winning. They feel weak. They feel like they're losing. And God speaks to them. He actually proclaims to them the following. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. He didn't say, let the weak say I'm weak, did he? What did he say? What are the weak supposed to say? Let the weak say what? I am am strong. That's not denial. The Bible never says, smile and praise the Lord when you go through bad things. The Bible never encourages denial. This is not denial. This is determining not to walk in defeat. Hear the difference? I am not weak. I am what? Strong. I know I'm weak. I know my weaknesses. I know where they are, but I know the strength of my Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong. Not living in denial. Certainly not walking in defeat. Declaring God can strengthen you when you're weak. Weak in doubt. Weak in fear. Weakened by abuse or addiction or rejection. Weakened trying how to raise your children. Let those of you who are weak say you're what? Strong. And God will give you the faith for your doubt. He will strengthen your courage for your fear. He will give you victory over your addiction. He can give you a comfort for your abuse he can give you companionship for your rejection and he can give you the wisdom to raise your kids but you can't keep talking defeat because the direction of your life will go where your words are and if you keep saying i'm weak i'm weak i'm weak i can't do it i can't do it i can't help myself i cannot get over this it's a self-fulfilling prophecy let the weak say i'm what strong, strong. strong. quick kicking the chickens Now, what really makes this life so great is when we find others who will say it with us that they mean it. Confession is an agreement, agreeing with God and the work that he wants to complete in you. I love this verse out of Matthew 18. It makes life so much easier when you find others to agree with you in prayer. When you will find others who will agree with you for God's will to be done in the life of somebody else. Matthew 18, 19, I also tell you this if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among you. Oh, the power of two. Oh, the power of three. Where two or three are in agreement, well, they will say it like they mean it along with you, not 20 or 30, not 200 or 300. Not 2,000 or 3,000, then you get God's attention. Not 20 or 30 congregations or 200 or 300 congregations or 2,000 or 3,000 congregations. No, the power of two. When you can find two or three to agree with you, to do God's will, and to speak that faith and hope into a situation, God honors that. Is that wonderful? Part of fellowship and getting to know each other is to find those two or three that will agree with you to pray about a certain person or a situation and to pray it and to say it like they mean it and to see how God honors that. Do you believe that? Where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus will honor those words of faith. Well, I know some of you are here today and you're saying that this topic's not for me. I mean, I have sin in my life. I feel unrighteous. In fact, I probably am unrighteous. But you know the good word from God is that you don't have to stay that way. And He certainly doesn't want you talking that way. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says the following, If you'll confess your sins, He's what? Faithful and just and will forgive you your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. This is what God wants to do for you. He wants you to take you from the area of guilt and sin and condemnation and guilt and want you to say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I am forgiven. If you'll confess, that means to agree with God about your sins. Here's what God's going to do with that confession. He's going to honor it. He's going to be faithful and just to forgive you and purify you. And he's going to restore you from unrighteous to righteous. And he wants you to walk in that and to believe that, be restored in that, and live that way. And this is what Jesus does for us. This is what he's promised us. He's the one who takes away the sin of the world. Your sin he takes away. And you have to receive it, though. You have to believe in him, confess him as Lord, agree that Jesus Christ is Lord, repent of your sins, be baptized into his name, and have your sins washed away, sent away from you, and put on the cross of Christ. When you do that, you're his child. And he expects you to walk in faith. And he expects you to speak those words of faith, to say it like you mean it, declaring your redemption, declaring your faith, declaring your hope, and declaring your love for God Almighty because of what he's done for you in Jesus Christ. Will you say it like you mean it and put those things into action? Say it as loud as you can in your life every day, just like you talk about your favorite football team, whether it's none or someone. But say it like you mean. Let's say it. Say it like you mean. Let's say it together. Say it like you mean it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together and sing.